Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we have part two of our Emancipation Era outtakes. Correct. Good disclaimer. That's right, because they're not exactly Emancipation outtakes, but they're in the era. There's some overlap. As usual. As usual, because Prince, you know, couldn't not make lots of music. So that's what he did. And as evidence, there are outtakes from an era where he released an album with 36 tracks on it. I mean, you figure there's probably as many released as there are unreleased. Maybe more unreleased. Um, Probably more. One-to-one ratio. Yeah. He wasn't a man that worked in ratios. But yes, a mixture of singular songs, we'll call it, and early versions of tracks that did end up on the album in this episode. And we're going to round out our emancipation coverage today. That's right. I can't believe it. As you would say, today, today. 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 So yes, a mixture of singular songs and in this episode, early versions of tracks that did end up on the album. So you could definitely call those outtakes. And all of this... Sadly, or happily, to round out our emancipation <laughs> coverage, which has spanned, including this one, some 14 episodes of your very favorite podcast. <laughs> we hope to be your favorite. I was talking to you. Oh, yeah. No, you can't have favorites. No, I can't have favorites because I have as, two shows. You've got so. as many podcasts as you do kids, so mm-hmm. it's hard to choose. That's right. I don't have a favorite one of those either, most of the time. <laughs> Opinions may be swayed. <laughs> and they, they vary. You sure. know, everybody has a favorite every sure. once in a while. Oh, yeah. Of right. course. Yeah. I might have one now. <laughs> we can talk about it after the show. <laughs> That's another podcast idea. My favorite child. Uh-huh. Oh, geez. If we want to send our children to therapy. Nah, by the time they, they'll never hear it because they don't listen to podcasts. That's true. Well... Big one listens to podcasts, just not ours. (laughs) (laughs) So meaningless podcast, (laughs) I guess you could say. Shall we kick it off? Yeah, absolutely. First up, Slave to the System. That's right. The number two. That's right. This is different than Slave from Emancipation. Correct. Although it does share some elements. Sure. But not the same song at all. Nor... Should you confuse it with how I spelled it in my notes, which was solve Solve to the system, (laughs) (laughs) which is also not even an outtake. It's an outtake of my own for the outtakes emancipation episode. To be fair, Prince wanted to solve the system. I don't think he wanted to do it with like a liquid mixture, though. (laughs) (laughs) A balm. This was a mid-1995 recording. Strings are probably provided by Claire Fisher. It remains unreleased. It does. It contains... I don't know that I even noticed this in our coverage of the proper album, Disc 3, Slave. The marching drum pattern that was taken from Ain't No Place Like You. Okay. Maite's song from uh, her album, Child of the Sun. Okay. Also used in the release version of Slave. So that's the element that they share. The, okay. The uh, kickoff of the Emancipation concert. Okay. The Freedom concert, whatever yes. you want to call it. Um, use this little marching drum pattern. So, according to Prince Vault, this version was at one time included in a track list for Emancipation when it was a single disc. Okay. But was removed as work on the album was, you know, continued and progressed. That's a little confusing to me because we have talked about the song that we're going to talk about next before. 
So we talked about the slave to the system slash acknowledge me couplet of songs when we talked about Exodus. Right. And so I'm surprised that this one would be included in a track listing because it talks about my or, or my daddy's last name is Thompson, but my name is Lloyd. And that's a reference to Sonny T. Actually, I think it's the other way around. He says, Thompson is my last name, but my, um, my daddy's, daddy's name, name is oh, Lloyd. Oh, you're right. Yes. yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. Thompson's my last name, but my daddy's name is Lloyd. Father back, I chase it, the more it become null and void. Yeah, so the last names made had particular meaning when it was Sonny's lead vocal, but kept... Right. For Prince. And, you know, I had forgotten. You forgot that we even talked about this song, I think. I might have. Yeah. (laughs) But what I had really, what I was really going to talk about that I had forgotten was that Prince sang Thompson is my last name. My daddy's name is Lloyd, but Sonny T sang it initially. And that there was probably a connection there between, because Sonny T's last name spelled out. Right. Is Thompson. Well, and... Evidently, Lloyd is his actual first name. I don't know. It's very confusing. If you go and look on the internet, I spent way too much time trying to research what his name is. Because Sonny could Mm -hmm. be a first name. It could be a nickname. Right. Like if he's Lloyd Thompson Jr. Prince Vault has his name as Sonny T. Name Lloyd Thompson. But mm-hmm. like Wikipedia, mm-hmm. bastion of oh, yeah. factual information, Sh- sure. says he was born Sonny Thompson. So it's it's very confusing. And so a lot of places where there's articles written about him mm-hmm. have pu- obviously pulled from the Wikipedia page. But the Wikipedia page even says that it needs sources for things. Oh. So... There's a lot of confusion. Interesting. Well, certainly in the Prince world, he was always Sunny T. He was, and yeah. that, I was trying to figure out. Oh, is he is he called Sunny because he's the junior? But I think his dad was actually the junior. I don't know. It's very confusing. All we know is that Lloyd is part of the <laughs> yes naming convention for Sunny somewhere yes. somehow. Yes. So his dad. Himself, I don't exactly know. So it's just interesting that this was included on a configuration of emancipation with Prince vocals when there's such a deep connection to Sonny T Mm. in the lyrics. Mm. You mean Prince would write a song for someone and then take it back? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he'd make it super personal (laughs) to them and then decide he wanted to keep it for himself. I just, I did not know that there was this controversy over Sonny T's name and what it was. Okay. Well, I don't know if that it's a controversy, but um, I think you're the one who pointed it out to me. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I do. I don't know, dear. I'm sure. That's why you record these things Mm -hmm. so that we can go back and revisit them because likely I'm not going to remember. That's fine. So a little bit like I am the uh, DJ Uh and feel good. Right. This version of Slave to the System kind of fits into that kind of brooding beat, mid-tempo, some orchestration, and the muted electric guitar that we heard in those songs in our last episode. I think they kind of fit together as a group. Yes, it's definitely got a very 90s sound with that kind of rubbery guitar. We heard that a lot in this era. Yep. Here it is. I meant to write down a time stamp for you, dear, so that you could find it easier. But as the song starts, uh-huh. before the guitar kicks in, there is a little sound Prince makes with the guitar, like uh-huh. like uh, like a cocking of a gun almost to let you know that he's there. And it appears in a couple songs that we're going to talk about okay. going on. But before the lyrics start, we get this kind of... I'm here, I'm ready to go. That's what I always think of when I hear those kind of sounds that are like precede a sure. rhythm guitar. Because I guess you could say that it's sort of rhythm guitar Sure. Yeah. 
You can definitely tell that this is Exodus related with the slave chants mm-hmm. because that definitely has a very Exodus sound with a lot of these like dudes singing. Oh, yeah. No female vocalist whatsoever, uh-huh, right. sadly. Yeah. Sausage party, as you've called it <laughs> That's before. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. The Claire Fisher strings feel like they should be out of place, but they don't. It's so mm. interesting. It's one of those, like, if somebody told you there's this song and it's got these, like, classical sounding strings in it, you'd be like, that sounds like it'd be awful (laughs) and it's not somehow it fits and it works and it's so interesting yeah even i mean it's sort of going back to was it kicking it at the soda shop yes kind of that same Uh uh-huh uh dichotomy of the music that you're hearing in this orchestration that that doesn't quite fit but works Mm -hmm. really well the same way yeah I'll also say for all of the, I don't know, could you say hard time that we've given Prince on this podcast for sure. claiming, oh, I never meant to compare slavery uh-huh. with my situation. This song does a better job of making it clear where the slave part is related and, you know, to the master, to the system. Yes. And is much more understandably a. Not direct comparison, but a, I don't know, a, a natural, scale of, you it's know. More of it's more like a natural conclusion. Okay. So it's more like if you took slavery in the 17 and 1800s in this country and before and extrapolate that to how that continues to affect us today. Yeah. Yeah. There's a connection. There is a connection. Get that water, boy. Yeah. I've worked my whole life and I'm still called boy. All my life I struggled just to be called a boy. That really feels like the natural conclusion and evidence of the racism that is steeped in American history. Yeah, even with the lyric, the future's all arranged. all been set up for me to be this way there's no way out yes mm-hmm. right and it, like the only way there's no way to really understand how to change it there's a change gotta come mm-hmm. and we understand that but until we change it we're all slaves to this system that's true every one of us but most certainly it's a problem and an issue and something that is detrimental to black people in the every day of their life. It's a problem really for everyone in this country, because as long as there's racism and this stuff is a problem for all of us, it's just that people like you and me who have less color in our skin don't tend to feel it as much. So he's feeling it even in a position of where he was. Yeah. Even in a Being rich and famous. And and powerful in a lot of ways. But the stuff that made the most, uh, that meant the most to him. Right. Still fell under uh, the authority of something that he couldn't control. Right. Um, And that's why I kind of liked the slave to the system here before I was born. Uh Uh-huh. Slave to the system here before I was born. Like it's yeah. not even pointing a finger at anyone that he's currently working with or works for, if you want to call it that. It's a systematic issue. Right. And I, I think that's what uh, a, a lot of people right now want us to not teach our children is that, you know, there is a systematic racism in this country, in the United States at least, and that if we don't, they want to say, if you don't recognize it, it's not there. And we say, if if you don't recognize it, then we can't fix it. Yep. Yes. Pretending think, like it's not there doesn't make it go away. Right. And I mean, how salient is this song from 1995 here in 2023? That's why we do this podcast, I Christy. mean, for We're real. Breaking down walls. Me, you, and our white skin. 
the chorus is very simple. Yes, and it's just so... It says so much. It's so catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, you want to dance to it and like bob your head to it. Uh-huh. And like, oh, maybe... It's so like... I should be careful. It's such an interesting dichotomy to use a word you've already used once stop stealing my words (laughs) i've used dichotomy plenty of times (laughs) in this podcast but between the kind of pop fun sound of the music and this like deep almost troubling message of racism and oppression for sure it's it's so interesting and it should i feel like it should make us uncomfortable but it doesn't yeah because prince's Genius musically. Yeah. And sings it in a pretty way. Uh-huh. Um, verse two is what we kind of started with. Thompson's my last name, but uh-huh. my daddy's name is Lloyd. The farther back I trace it, the more it becomes null and void. Like my name means nothing because it has been, you know, it, washed clean Yeah, it over was over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it was mm-hmm. lost to history. They can't, literally can't trace back their histories beyond maybe even to when their families arrived in this country mm-hmm. because they there is no history for them to go back and look to oh well they bought passage to america from africa on this at this time nope all those records have been destroyed yeah yeah because they, they kept... didn't buy themselves passage to this country right yes they were stolen yes property a lot of sarcasm at a minute and 55 seconds when he sings, Oh, what a joy. Uh-huh. Slave to the system. Oh, what a joy. Slave to the system. Oh, what a joy. There is something very slavery related about, and that's why Prince used the phrase, but you better fetch, fetch that water boy. Uh-huh. Oh, you yeah. It's like the kind of thing that someone who controls every ounce of you Yeah, well, to belittle you and call you a boy when you're an adult. Perpetuate that feeling in your mind that you mean nothing Mm -hmm. and that you are there to serve someone else. Right. And I love the clap back here, like two minutes and five. Hell if I do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit. That's like the only place where there's pushback anywhere. Right. Too. Well, and I think that's sort of the recognition of it. We're telling you this is this is a problem. Yeah, but I'm if you I'm haven't recognized it. it, by the way, it is a problem. <laughs> and then the only way it's ever going to change is if we start pushing back. Or perhaps if we have a gentle guitar solo at two minutes and 25 seconds, Uh which we do get. That's right. Very pretty. And again, like it's not a distorted electric guitar. It's almost like a rhythm guitar solo there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we get these solid drums and then this little bit of a xylophone, which Mm -hmm. is like... I don't know why it sounds like freedom, but yeah, it does. It's joyful sounding right. in the middle of all this. Yeah. Like, And we get a proper end. We do get a proper end, which okay. you know how I like a proper ending yes. to my songs. I constantly think that this would make a better track on Emancipation than Slave. Sure. The version that ended up on there. I That's this fair. This says a lot more. It does it in a more straightforward way, like the confusion quote-unquote that you know was there of why are you writing slave on your face this is a better answer than the album version right to me and i sort of enjoy the song more also oh i agree wow now we have slave to the system and acknowledge me kind of smushed together we have talked about this before in the summer of 2019 and i do not remember that uh, well we did (laughs) i believe you turn granted that was Four plus years ago. That's right. Um, we're not going to get too deep into the Acknowledge Me lyrics yeah. because it does appear on Crystal Ball, which we haven't covered yet. Correct. And we can get really deep into those lyrics then. Yep. Yep. In fact, I thought maybe we hadn't covered it at all because when I was reading Prince Vault, uh-huh. I thought, oh, that's right. There's a Sunny T like thrasher version of this song uh-huh. from Exodus. 
I haven't listened to that in a while, which is probably true. I haven't listened to it, apparently, <laughs> since summer of 2019. That's right. So the Slave to the System portion has Sunny T lyrics, and it's like a minute. It's the first minute of this. Yeah. It's so fast. Yep. But it makes more sense with the lyrics. It matches the lyrics a little more mm-hmm. because it's sung super, super fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Thrasher, as far as Prince was ever a Thrasher. <laughs> yeah. But it is like speed rock yeah, it's protest song. Yes, you know for sure. Um, much less smooth. Includes some short stops between verses and the chorus, which aren't part of like, like "Slave to the System." The Prince version is a very smooth R and B kind of mid tempo thing. Right. This could not be much more different. No, I mean really fast drums, driving guitars. Mm-hmm. You know, just really intense. Yeah, it's almost part of like how I'd feel like the emotional journey of being someone like Prince and realizing after all the success, I'm still in the same system. So my first reaction would be anger, Uh which is sort of this. Uh And my later on probably evolve into a little bit of not acceptance, but I can restate this now and make it clear so that we can move forward. Uh Uh-huh. So I know we're doing them in reverse order of the emotional reaction Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, telling the story. But yeah. yeah. So the first full stop that we get is after the future's all arranged at 28 seconds. get like a moment of silence this break which is just emphasized even more by how loud and frantic the song is in the first place and another one after you better fetch that water boy and includes a slave chant at 36 seconds right before we get Sonny's real last name yes so yeah um that was the first time I remember realizing, oh, wow, there, that means a lot more when it's Sunny T uh-huh. singing right. this. So I'm surprised Prince, maybe he just didn't feel like he could do like Nelson is my last name. Uh-huh. Right. That kind of thing, especially with his own, you know, unpronounceable symbol at the time might have uh, complicated right. changing that. So he left it. Yeah. So I don't know why, but it's just interesting to me that he would rework this, bring it around and have his own version of it, but still leave it with these very sunny tea, particular lyrics. Yeah. So, but it's good to hear them back to back. It's kind of interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, only lasts about a minute really. Yeah. Um, ends with at 58 seconds after you better fetch, fetch that water boy and an expletive. Yeah, he has a more colorful way of saying, hell oh, yeah. if I do. That's right. Yeah. F that, uh-huh. essentially. Um, Which I'm like, yeah, that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, this is sort of the, this is what enters your heart first. And then I think Prince's version is a little bit more of like a Martin Luther King filter. Uh-huh. You know, the, the way to get the most out of it, Prince, <laughs> is... Let's move forward. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's try to fix this. It's uh-huh. okay to express your anger, but we've got to move forward peacefully. Yeah. More flies with honey than vinegar sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at that point that we get Sonny's version of Acknowledge Me, mm-hmm. even though Prince does sing the chorus. The music is very similar. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And we do hear Prince's backing vocals in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some particular, like at two minutes and seven seconds, there's an ooh and mm-hmm. ah. Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. And then a little later, that, that like 243, some really prominent vocals. Sunny T sounds a little nervous almost in the rap portion. Yeah, it's not it's, a good delivery to me. Not, I mean, no. Sonny's vocals, when he sings falsetto, he almost sounds like Prince, first of all. Friend, 
But yeah. here, like with the speed wrapping to, you know, an object of effect of affection, like whoever he's speaking to. Yeah. To me just seems it doesn't sound natural at no, all. No, and that's why it almost yeah. sounds a little nervous. But look at me, baby, what can I say? There ain't another fish in the sea. And then we, there are some female vocalizations there, mm-hmm. and they're samples of Bonnie Boyer. Yeah, yeah, from uh, the line, I believe is what it's from. Yeah. That's a love, sexy era song that um, samples her there. So I mean, I love Sunny T's rapping, but he's got this kind of guttural singing. Mm-hmm. In the middle, that's really delightful and very, very fun right after four minutes. Yeah, I almost feel like, you know, Prince can do anything. This is another case where, like, Prince's version of the song is clearly better to me. But what Sonny does well, he does better than Prince does it times there are sparks of that but overall clearly prince is the more talented vocalist Mm -hmm. for sure i don't think sunny would debate that much no um and then there's another like second rap just after five minutes that one's a little better that's one i that's the one i liked less oh really it's a little more of a breakdown and it feels like he's out of breath mm. um and i just have the prince version in my head every time i hear it too so it's <laughs> a little fair. unfair okay to compare the two notably this version of Acknowledge Me fades out without the All My Dreams spoken segment heard mm-hmm. on the released version. The welcome, this is where I dream my dreams, does not exist on the NPG Sunny T version of the song. All right. And then we have an early version of Emancipation, the title song of the whole era that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's different. I wouldn't say it's wildly different in every way i think the early mix kind of description sure. is it's just less embellished and more yeah. not, it's it's more finished than a demo it's not as ornamented as the final That's piece on the super album fair. right yeah it kind of lacks those rubbery guitars that mm-hmm. we've come to associate with this era that made it into the final version Correct. Mm-hmm. It's without some of the sound effects, yeah. the ornamentation, as you say. Yeah. So there's like a, a spot where he's talking about being in the game and there's a baseball sound effect that's not here. Yeah. I think he's talking about getting his little ass out the game. Yes. And there's a baseball, yeah. yeah. Like sound effects, that type of thing. The released version of the song is slightly shorter also. It's okay. about 20 seconds shorter. I would say on this one, there's a longer coda at the end after Don't Think I Ain't. Right. Um, that was probably removed or reworked to help hit that magical 60-minute mark on the album. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably. And then in the bridge, before we get to the end, there, there's more vocal layers of Prince. It's interesting he kind of dialed back. he dialed the vocals back for in favor of more instrumentation and things. Yeah. Johnny, please. When I was on my knees, my back was broken and my spirit ill at ease. Also missing is the bass guitar. Like the album version of Emancipation has a lot of bass guitar work that's mm-hmm. a little underrated by Prince. It's there's some funk happening there. Also, like some clavicle kind of keyboard sounds. This one has none of that or the sampled synth horn parts from mm-hmm. the release version. Right. Um, the beat here, maybe because it's more exposed and not uh, covered up with other ornaments, I guess we'll just use that word. It's a little dirtier if you listen closely. It's got this, uh-huh. this yeah, kind of buzz kind of, yeah. in it. You can hear it from like 11 seconds to 30 seconds pretty well. 
And there's all kinds of ins- instrumentation on the release version that's not part of this, especially right. at the two minute and six second mark when he sings Johnny Please, When I Was On My Knees, My Back Was Broken and My Spirit Ill at Ease. That is, just makes it a much more stripped down type sound here. Sure. And I think that there's there's vocalizing towards the end that's in the released version, mm-hmm. but it's a much more prominent here because it is stripped back. Yeah. Because there's, and I was like, oh, I kind of wish maybe he'd stripped that back a little bit in the released version so that we could hear all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to me like I don't know that I prefer this version over the release version, but I think I would have preferred there to be breaks in the released version that broke down the way this song does. Not that it's certainly not my favorite Prince title track anyway, right. um, particularly the mention of Purple Rain in the middle of the song and the yeah. stuff that gets a little, uh, I don't know, reaching to me. Yeah. A little too self-referential. Yeah, a little cheesy, especially for someone who's trying to, you know, separate himself from sure. his biggest success, which is there is there a bigger one than Purple Rain, and then to put it in the chorus of the title track to the album he was born to make. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, yeah. really sit right with me. I don't really have a preference between the versions of Emancipation. Mm-hmm. They're both fine. Neither one of them are my Your favorites. Faves. Sure. It's a little sing-songy sure. of a song. Sure. Then we have Love Never Has to Say Goodbye. Mm-hmm. An unreleased song written by Gwendolyn Woolfolk, also known as Vinnie Barrett. And we talked about her briefly when we talked about the only after show that you and I were ever able to make oh, it yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Because... Camelia Woolfolk, it, who danced at that show, is her daughter. Yes. Yes. It's assumed to have been recorded in 1997. Not known to have been planned for an album. Yeah, that's why we're sticking it here because it's sort right. of it certainly has that emancipation ballad sound to it. Sure. So I didn't know who Gwendolyn Woolfolk was. So I'm looking like she's written all kinds of music that is well known and famous. Some artists who have you who have sung her songs are Luther Vandross, "Love Won't Let Me Wait," mm-hmm. uh, Dionne Warwick. Yep. Just as long as we have love, she was also listed in the Who's Who's for Who's Who for songwriting. Uh huh. On according to Wikipedia, anyway. But I was like, <laughs> who wrote that? And there was no reference as to what book that was. It was sort of a. Mm, I wonder if it's like Who's Who of American High School students or whatever. The dumb listing thing you pay twenty dollars to get your name oh, listed you pay, in some book pay that to means play. nothing. What I did find that was that a lot of her songs were like versions of like if you asked Chat GPT to <laughs> rephrase "Love Won't Let Me Wait," uh-huh. it might come back to you with "Love Never, <laughs> never has, has to, to Say Goodbye" go- or "Just as Long as We Have Love." Sure, they're very similar themes. Sure. I really love that this is sort of unfinished and you can tell because Prince makes the sound effects. Yeah, I don't know so if that's if like says, intentional or yeah. if he like meant to come back to replace them or, or whatever. Right, but, yeah, but there's ahead. like an imitation of a phone ringing and he says, bring. Like it's a phone ringing and then there's a beep and they're instead of putting the sound effect in there. If you want to give me the message. Yeah, he, he the phone rings twice in Prince's voice uh-huh. too. The bling. Uh-huh. Um, I guess this is how you would <laughs> l- have an answering machine message if your name was unpronounceable. I guess so. You've I'm reached so the party silly. to whom you are speaking. <laughs> I think that that's a great way to handle telemarketers. Uh-huh. Hello? <laughs> you've reached the party to which you were speaking. Yeah, you've, you've reached the number you've called. Uh-huh. <laughs> like to state the obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that was 
a little convoluted and silly, but it was very, very fun. Like when your name can't be pronounced. Yeah, this okay. is how you handle it mm-hmm. on the phone anyway. You can get by without a pronounceable name. So, I mean, I think some silly Prince language stuff up front. Yeah. The spoken word thing, I think, kind of dates the song pretty <laughs> severely. Um, but it's almost a bet you by golly wow kind of vocal yeah. singing performance. Uh-huh. That's how I compared it as I kept listening to this. I'm like, well... He put an, a lot of effort into very, very pretty falsetto vocals and like the uh, vibrato and his voice in mm-hmm. so many places is super well sung. Sadly, I'm just not sure that I'm, maybe I'm just not the audience for this tune. <laughs> I would guess that you're nowhere near the audience for this tune. I might be closer than you. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, probably because. Don't, don't you think though it's a very like betcha by golly wow kind of template? Not that they're sure. just like the pretty vocals and like the flowery imagery, like the right. over the top gushing. It's I put in the chorus schmaltzy, schmaltzy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, but I can see kind of why this might have appealed to Prince because he was always this big fan of faded love. Yeah. And yes. because for everyone, there's someone. Yeah. Because for everyone there's someone who will care. Yeah, there's you a know, lot of that. That seems like the kind of thing a prince would see that and he'd be like, Yes, for everyone there's someone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Let's just look at the chorus. Love never has to say goodbye. Let's find that place in paradise where we first made a plan. Love never has to say goodbye. Let's go back to where we said hello. And never say goodbye, never again. It's pretty. It's schmaltzy, but it's it's pretty. Sure. At a minute and fifty seconds, there's some vocalization there during the chorus that's super pretty. So I, I mean, like su- a for effort, right? Far less than that for the overall sound of this thing. Yeah. Sure, that's yeah. fine. But there is like layers of vocals mm-hmm. that are so nice. There's like a a falsetto, yeah, and then you know his kind of mid tone register, which is the most of it, most of the lyrics, and then we have a, like a baritone all layered on top of one another in such a nice way. Yeah. I almost feel bad criticizing it because it's not like, oh, wow, that's terrible. It's just <laughs> like the, it's almost too happy. Aww. And I mean, how jaded are we where we say the song is too happy? But I mean, almost like goofily hopeful. Do I have the right words here? I, I, I don't ju- know. I just. Because uh... I kept I th- kept thinking too, well, like, let's go back. I listened to Adore again too. Because uh-huh. I'm like, that is a very smother you with love and affection kind of song. I'm like, what works so well about Adore uh-huh. and doesn't work as well with a song like this? And I honestly couldn't pinpoint it outside of the spoken word stuff because okay. it's the same kind of layered vocals and like sure, perfect pitch, pretty singing. Okay, so I think maybe this song has a bit of a confusion about it okay okay so it could be not about a particular person it Mm -hmm. is about a particular person yeah in some spots but then there's like the spot just after two minutes where Mm -hmm. he says let's find a place in paradise where we first made a plan let's find that place in paradise where we first made a plan so it's like he's got this idea of a faded love, like it's not somebody he's met, but they've met before they were born and agreed mm-hmm. to meet one another. And that seems like a very sweet and romantic and very Prince like sort of situation. Yeah. Then we get this part where you realize that it is a particular person and maybe he's done something wrong 
and she doesn't want anything to do with him, but he's so possessive of her. Just the idea of her moving away yes. and changing, changing your her street address, address. Yeah. would scar him so emotionally. I wouldn't feel right if you should ever change your street address. Yeah. And it feels like if you're either you're going to have this kind of possessive song about a particular person or this more ethereal song about, I can't wait to meet the one who I know I've planned to meet before we were born. Yeah. I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just like him being, this is literally 10 years after a door was recorded. So theoretically a more mature man, Mm -hmm. but less mature lyrics. I know these aren't his this isn't a song he wrote. Right. But he chose to record it. He chose to record it. I'm sure he He didn't he changed choose to some release own, it. He did, true. Um, <laughs> so I'll know, give him credit there. He probably made his own little tweaks here and there. But, you know, in a door, he's like, you go go wreck my car. Oh, well, maybe not the car. <laughs> now, there's some humor in there, uh-huh. too. There's some, sure. like, uh, self-deprecation. Like, oh, I'm too much of a perfectionist to let you do that. But let me import some Egyptian lace for you to wear instead Uh where this never really gets it's I guess because it's more in the mind and more of a faded kind of thing like oh this was all meant to be Uh that it almost sounds less realistic it's it sounds a little more troubling he's a little more possessive no (laughs) yeah yeah so we get like four minutes of a pretty song and then where it really like lost me was with the kind of spoken word nineties R and B preaching at the end. Josh. Yeah. We need to cry real tears. Not crocodile tears. <laughs> we forget sometimes that we all have to cry real tears. And and most of us we have real fears. The word to cry some tears, real tears. There, there is, there's this. I don't know. Prince had this cheese ball element. He had to get out of his system. He had a lot of things he had to get out of his system. So a lot of it was great. Sure. This is one of those things where I'm like, I mean, he was right too. Yeah. Yeah. Not le- le- this. Leave this one where it was. I also found, you know, we talked about emancipation being this. I am not my hit music. I am an artist but still getting the words Purple Rain into the chorus of your title song. And here, in so many ways, it seems like we always are looking for that righteous one. In so many ways, it seems like we always looking for that righteous one. Which is a beautiful one's reference from Purple Rain. So yet another Purple Rain callback in an era where he was trying to do more than just be this 1980s superstar. Sure, sure. Which also troubled me just a little bit. We do get him defining love. And again, these aren't, he wasn't the songwriter here, but to hear him say, love is a mutual caring and sharing and life is a glorious journey through time and space. Just enjoy it. Just try to groove. Don't leave me. Love is a mutual caring and sharing. Life is a glorious journey through time and space and please. It's like tagged with the possessive <laughs> nature of it all. So he finds a way. That to me it was like Joey Tribbiani writing Monica and Chandler's wedding vows. <laughs> Love is a mutual caring and sharing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And he doesn't just ask for forgiveness. Or actually, he never asks no. for forgiveness. He it demands says, it. Yeah. Does he ask for forgiveness or does he just say, don't leave? No, he says, it's time for forgiveness. Okay, right. And then, forgive me, baby. It's time for forgiveness. And we can learn from his experiences. Right. Like, there is no, please forgive me. It is... Yeah, it's, it's just ti- it's because time. the the hands on my watch are pointing in this direction, it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to forgive me. Uh-huh, and then I'm going to say, forgive me, baby. Not, uh-huh. please forgive me. No pleading, no admitting that he did anything wrong, but he'd like her forgiveness. It's like he's almost... 
almost there. Yeah, he he, he orbits around the right area. <laughs> we can learn from these experiences, and no one and nothing can ever own us. And we can learn from these experiences, and, and no one and nothing can ever own us. So there's a little bit of emancipation uh-huh. era thinking yeah, there, too. So. slave yeah. sort of nobody can really own our soul sort That's of right. they situation, yeah. but... Yeah. So schmaltzy. Though there was a high pitched bye bye at three bye minutes bye. and twenty seconds yes. that made me laugh out loud. Oh really? So I enjoyed that. Oh, I enjoyed it too. It didn't make me laugh. I was just like, oh, that's actually pretty adorable. Yeah. There, so there are parts of this that are, I think, from the heart, but a gr- much greater majority is just like, man, can you spread it on any thicker? How uh-huh. big is your butter knife? <laughs> it does have pretty piano playing there at the end, sure. too. Although I think even like just instrumentally throughout the entire thing, it is very... Just uh, super polished and schmaltzy. I guess you put the right <laughs> word there. Schmaltzy. Schmaltzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, love may never have to say goodbye, but we're moving on to the next song, friends. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Living to die. Parenthetical, our lives. That's right. This is one that I hadn't listened to in a very, very long time and didn't even know if I had it. I had to go searching for it, looking through Prince Vault and unreleased songs during this era. I was like, man, I hope hope I have that. And I'm like, oh, I do. I never really listened to it. Really had not given it enough attention. This is another Sandra St. Victor collaboration. Yes. Originally called How We Livin'. Yep. And Prince just like he did with Soul Sanctuary and Never Be Another Fool. Took a song that was well done by Sandra St. Victor and made changes to it to make it his own. I guess that's really his contributions, right? She wrote it. He modified it. Uh-huh. That's how Prince works together right. with Sandra St. Victor. Yes. Yeah. He maybe doesn't tell her. Yeah, maybe not. Because <laughs> there was a little contention there, too. Yeah. Yeah, so additional lyrics and music were added by Prince before mm-hmm. recording it. In 1995. Yeah. And he does this kind of ba-ba-ba. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it when he uses his own vocals as an instrument. It's so much fun. Yeah. I do want to go back and mention that Maite talked about the New World album being as like an electronic techno type Mm -hmm. album. I could see this song being included in that, but it wasn't on the known circulating New World pre-emancipation track listing. Um, But yeah, definitely a house beat. And like you said, the ba-ba-bas to kick this thing off are Mm -hmm. very fun. Yeah, it's really fast and dense music. Mm -hmm. So that definitely fits. Yeah, it's like a little CNC music factory-ish. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Falsetto singing over the techno beat. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, different. Right. Yeah. Unique. Yeah. So we talked about lyrical content on the previous song that, you know, Prince had help with. Here, same thing. Right. Maybe unclear exactly what he changed, but I think really kind of interesting Lyrics. Uh huh. Mama raising boys to men, 17, and the young one, 10. She wants for them what she don't have. Baby keeps on listening, brother keeps on being bad. Baby keeps on listening, brother keeps on being bad. So it's fun yeah. that he thinks of a 10 year old as a baby. <laughs> well, yeah. But okay. Well, I still think of our 15 year old as a baby. So, you know. Sure. Sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I'm like, they're talking about how you're kind of living to die. The life's really fast and you don't Mm -hmm. really have time to enjoy things. I'm like, man, if they felt that way in 1995, uh, 2020s must be a 
absolute shock. That's true. Yeah, Mama didn't have to keep her boys off of social media right. back then. Yeah. Who told him that this is what to do, young man? Surely not Mama. She's left feeling sad when the news comes that her son died from being on the wrong side of the gun. I thought really quite good lyrics. Yes. And uh, the chorus, I think, is it's like this sing-songy thing, mm-hmm. but the way it's delivered, asking these questions is really well done to me. Yes. Believes what she sees on TV. Mm-hmm. Give it up or be called a tease. Now she's got a couple of babies and a strange disease. And I'm like, this is the results of abstinence-only education and a hypersexualized society. Yeah, but, yeah. And I can see definitely that being like the 90s push, I think we've maybe moved away, at least for the younger generation, a little bit from such hyper-sexualized society that it's uh, less of an interest for the kids. Now, we've still got, you know, plenty of people who sexualize children in inappropriate ways around because they grew up in this area, but they're the same people also talking about often saying we shouldn't have appropriate sex education in public school. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting sort of still very relevant. Yeah, it is. It's a almost an updated version of sign of the times sure. to a degree. You sure. know, we've got the gun violence. Yep. Um, a single mom doing the best she can uh-huh. trying to raise kids, a young lady who is just imitating what she sees and ends up with children yeah. that don't have a dad. Yeah. And a strange disease. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. There's like several stories happening Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Every verse is a different scenario. Mm -hmm. It's not the continuation of the first thought. Right. And there's some really good guitars throughout this, but we kind of get to hear them more clearly just after two minutes Mm -hmm. where some of the cacophony of stuff gets pulled back a little more. And so we get to kind of hear those really excellent guitars there. Yeah. There's more vocalization a little earlier than that at a minute and 41, like, yeah, kind of weird mouth noises. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the bridge, more interesting lyrics where he asks, children, did you believe like I that the that our only natural human right is to be paralyzed? Don't let the sun set on you, darling. So come on and rise, baby, rise. It's going to be all right. Good stuff. It is. More the ba 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 ba's uh-huh. towards the end there at two minutes and fourteen seconds seconds where he asks, Are you living? Uh-huh. Yep, and some fun scream singing. Oh yeah. There's a lot of scream singing in this part. Yeah. Um, That little guitar part at the beginning of Slave to the System where it's the wrong analogy, but it's like he's cocking his gun to let you know he's in the room. There's one of those at three minutes and nine seconds at the end of the song also. Get a nice breakdown at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered 
how well this would have fit on Emancipation. Maybe he was worried about filling it with too many songs written by other people, although he's got covers and, right. you know, collaboratory songs with others on this thing too. But it would have fit really well on disc three of yeah. Emancipation. I don't I know quite where I would have put it or what changes I would have made, but I would have really liked to have seen this on Emancipation to give it a whole different vibe. Super fair. And then much like our early version of Emancipation... We have an early version of Soul Sanctuary. That's right. Written by Sandra St. Victor. That's right. Actually ended up on disc two of Emancipation. Yeah. This one was first on Playtime by by Versace in the mid-90s, like mid-1995. This is that version that's got some like slight lyrical differences. Maybe you can just hear more of the background like you can on Emancipation because it's, again, a less produced version of the song. Sure. And I kind of like the finger snaps. Over, mm-hmm. They were replaced by uh, a percussion yes. sound in the released version, but I liked the organic sound of these finger snaps because this is such a personal, sweet yeah. sort of song. Yeah. Um, there is a spot just after a minute where he says, there is hope, there is joy. And can it be that his falsetto seems almost strained? There is hope, there is joy, just, mm. just a hint. Mm. And I was like, oh, so I went back and listened to the released version. And is it, it was, different? It's different. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't notice that. There is hope. I did notice at a minute 47 seconds where he's singing Sanctuary Baby, nothing compares to this. There are more background vocal tracks that you can hear there than you can on the released version. Mm-hmm. There, I think once you've heard the released version so much, then you're like, well, what's missing here when he sings? Over and over, your screams are like a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, there are synths, like a keyboard that's played under it on the release version that's not present on this version, too. I think you can, because some of his vocals are clearer, well, like you found a part where you said they sound a little flawed. Uh-huh. At two minutes and 52 seconds where he sings mango and nectarine, sweet honeydew, I beg your mm-hmm. pardon. Because the vocals are more clear, you can, uh, like, I appreciate it singing even more. Because it's yes. even more clear what he's doing with his voice. That's pretty amazing. Oh, yes. Mango and nectarine, sweet honeydew, I beg your pardon. My mom's well, and I do really love how prominent the vocals are in this version. So like at a minute and 30 seconds in verse two, there's a line, uh, loving you in silence, mm-hmm. never ending kiss. And there's all these different layers of vocals in that. And it's, I thought it was very impactful because it felt like there's all these different parts of him and he loves her unendingly with all of them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really like kind of a beautiful way to emphasize that. Yeah. Isn't it weird listening to this song now after listening to love never has to say goodbye Uh and the different approach to like expressing your love to someone where this seems very, selfless it falls short of being like a worshiping of someone else but that's like you know how meaningful it is as opposed to love never has to say goodbye where it's more possessive you are mine don't leave like the begging Uh in it like is the (laughs) key persuader instead of here where you know trying to express why someone is beautiful and meaning to you is, is meaningful to you is handled in a different way yeah 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 i much prefer the song i'm glad he had soul sanctuary 
on emancipation rather than mm-hmm. love never has to say goodbye. Yeah. And, uh, oh yes. And don't confuse that one with the song goodbye. Mm-hmm. It is also an emancipation era outtake, but which appears on crystal ball. So we'll get to that one. Okay. There's a slightly different ending to soul sanctuary too. There's no keys like on the release version. There's like a little tinkling of keys at the very end of the song. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of ends on a downbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, it just had, you can tell he went back to work on it more. All right. So we've talked about all of the songs that we're going to talk about t- today. So that means it's time for us to make some selections. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies when the song was written and or recorded none of these are really released or at least not in this time frame so it's a weird one yeah we'll deal with it a sea the low point and a mountain the high point Mm -hmm. these are my dumb rules so i go first uh the time capsule for me is the alternate version of emancipation because Mm. it just has that it is emancipation era Sure. So, and it says it right there in the title. It does. It's right there, right there in the title. Easiest time capsule ever. (laughs) For me, the time capsule was slave to the system. Pick your version. Anything to me with the word slave in it at this period of time is connected to the emancipation era in my mind. Sure, fair. So, yeah, yeah, whether it be on his face or on an album or in an outtake, Mm -hmm. um, slave, prince, it's 95, 96, 97. There you go. All right, uh, the C for me, um, I don't love most ballads, but the uh, schmaltziness of Love Never Has to Say Goodbye really turned me off, and my only redeeming factor is that he didn't release it, so... Uh, <laughs> Not the but, bye-bye? <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, so there's two redeeming factors. Okay. Uh, but I, I won't listen to that again (laughs) willingly like if it comes up on a shuffle i probably wouldn't skip it but i might yeah yeah i would because that's my c2 (laughs) i mean i love the vocal delivery to me his singing on it is very pretty and like i said it made me go back and listen to like maybe the ultimate prince ballad adore yep because I couldn't pinpoint, like, why is this so unsuccessful and Adore is, like, completely different. They have a lot of similarities. But, uh, like, to me, the song is spoiled by the spoken word part near the end. The professing and... Yeah. I mean, the sentiment is nice, but the over-the-top method of delivery of it all and, like you said, the possessive nature of it is a giant turnoff. And I, maybe it's that it, they aren't his words and so this ballad is kind of feels off in some way but i mean kudos to him for keeping it in the vault sure all right and the mountain uh for me it was prince's version of slave to the system because i thought it was really fascinating the uh, disparity between the kind of upbeat sound and Mm -hmm. these deep and troubling meaningful lyrics and i just really enjoy the disparity there and yeah i don't disagree i like slave to the system when it comes up i listen i've listened to that outtake a bunch Mm -hmm. because i enjoy it and the more i study it the more i like it more um but for me it was beaten out by the mountain for me which is living to die so i said earlier i wasn't quite sure how you could fit this song onto disc three of emancipation but i lied here's my (laughs) great idea you shave off half of the seven minutes and 43 seconds of mostly meandering mess that's the second half of Sleep Around on disc three and work this song into the last disc of Emancipation. Or, if you're worried about, well, Josh said you ruined the pyramidic symmetry concept of 12 songs per disc, then I'd say, okay, cut da-da-da and replace it with Live and to Die. Living to Die is a couple yeah. minutes shorter, but you could figure that out. Um, I yeah. just, I love the chorus. I love the opening with the ba ba ba's. I thought that the lyrics are kind of poignant and more present than even New World that gets into, you know, futurism and vaccines and all that kind of stuff that I could do without. And like I said, it's a bit of an updated version of Sign of the Times, and I don't even like techno music, but. 
So the fact to me that the song overcomes all that says uh-huh. a lot, and that's what made it my mountain. Excellent. Yeah. Really good. I could totally get behind that. because I'll try to convince you. <laughs> so... Weird. I don't know what to do. Like when you finish a big project that you're working on and you're done and you're like, what in God's name am I going to do with my time next? I just <laughs> fell off a cliff. Uh-huh. That's right. Because <laughs> we have fallen off the cliff of emancipation. We have. Uh, that's got to be close to 20 hours talking about a three disc, three hour album. Um, so where do we go from here? Uh, I say... Let's do the exact opposite of 14 episodes on one album and do <laughs> one episode on the two tracks that were just released by the estate, oh, by the estate uh, on July 7th. They don't give us a heads up on these things, so no. we couldn't plan our podcast around it. So we'll just soak it in. It will have been about a month since they came out. All the share together now and seven E-flat version. They were sort of surprises, but were they good ones? We'll give them both a good listen and offer our thoughts in the next episode. Oh, excellent. Super, super fun. All right. Awesome. Well, you know, you can find links to most of these on our social media. Some of them are a little buried in weird spots because they're all unreleased, but I'll have links where you can hear these things on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, the mountains and the sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at team podcast. We're on threads as tmats podcast though i don't know if i'm going to be able to post links there because that's all weird and wait (laughs) threads is weird (laughs) it's it's like early twitter and they don't make it super easy to post the things yet so but you know i try and throw a little something up there once in a while if you don't do the social media at all you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review wherever you get podcasts. Tell a friend. It's more fun when you listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Maite's song from her child right. of the... Did I say my Maite's son? My, I don't <laughs> think you said anything. I think you hadn't gotten to the name of the album. No, I didn't. Yeah. Oh. You'll hear it. Um, <laughs> And this will be at the end. Maite's 